0: Welcome to part one of 100 Years of Bauhaus, the Barcelona Chair, covered by Martone Baksha and René Wong. Today we will be discussing the Barcelona Chair designed by Mies van der Rohe and documenting its stages of life from its birth in the late 1920s up to today. Throughout today's podcast, we will have four different parts, history, sourcing, manufacturing, and retail. At the forefront of any product, there is a design, and that's exactly where we're going to start with today's podcast.
1: First, we have to look at the man behind the ubiquitous design, Ludwig Mies van der Rohe. Born as simply Ludwig Mies, some speculate that the van der Rohe was added in order to conceal his origins as a trademan's son, taking Rohe from his mother's name and using a made-up van der in order to build the names into one.
0: Born in 1886 in Germany, Mies van der Rohe was a pioneer of modernist architecture. Having a notable presence throughout Chicago and the rest of the country, he designed what today is considered the modern skyscraper.
1: Most of Mies' designs were based on one fundamental principle, coined the universal space, Mies believe that there shouldn't be any ornamentation within a design in order to ensure that it is the most efficient that it could be. This leads to many designs that are still practical to this day because of their simplicity. A glass cube with no inner walls, for example, being able to be modified to whatever the needs of the day were without requiring drastic changes to the building at large. A great example of this for the Chicagoans out there is the Kuczynski Federal Building on Adams and Dearborn inside the loop, due to its simple and elegant glass design with a lack of distinct features.
0: Most of these classical designs, however, originated from the Bauhaus. The Bauhaus was a design school located in Weimar, Germany, of which Mies van der Rohe was one of the directors. Many designs coming out of the Bauhaus were incredibly successful, considered the cutting edge of modernist architecture as we've known it for the last 100 years.
1: The coming about of the Bauhaus was interesting, as it was founded in 1919 by Walter Gropius, directly in the aftermath of the First World War, For the Bauhaus founders, the First World War was a real eye-opener. According to their website, it was a time where they were inclined to radically rethink life, society, and the everyday world, rejecting traditional knowledge to develop their artistic creativity by learning with and from materials so that they can give shape to the modern age and meet its many demands. The height of the Bauhaus was during the 1920s and early 30s. Unfortunately, the National Socialists took majority power in January of 1933. By August, due to mounting pressure from the government at large, and an attempt not to submit to the new government, Mies van der Rohe closed the Bauhaus. This led Mies to flee the country, turning to Chicago to take him in, settling into America in 1938.
0: While Mies was still at the Bauhaus, he designed the Barcelona Pavilion to be used for the 1929 Barcelona International Exhibition. Constructed out of different stones, steel, and glass, it defied traditional design ideas. Mies didn't stop at the building, however. He designed a set of chairs for the King and Queen of Spain, his ultimate goal being chairs fit for royalty. These chairs later became known as the Barcelona Chairs. Fun fact, according to Knoll, the King and Queen reportedly never sat in these chairs, which is a shame because they're actually quite comfortable.
1: Setting aside Mies for a moment, it is important to look into the American side to this story, where the chair was first produced for the public scene. Florence Knoll was instrumental in bringing the design to life in the American market. She had a very tragic upbringing, being born in 1917 in Michigan, and she was orphaned by the age of 12.
0: Florence was introduced to a variety of different boarding schools. However, the Kingswood School for Girls in Bloomfield Hills, Michigan, stood out to her. It is said that she was baffled by the design of the school and made her decision based on that.
1: The school was designed by the renowned architect Ayleel Saarinen, who at this point designed many famous buildings, one of the most prominent being the Helsinki Central Station, a very futuristic train station built in 1919 out of granite.
0: As she studied in Kingswood, she started developing a major interest in the field of architecture, which was definitely noted by the Saarinen family. She developed a weird position with them, being almost adopted for family trips and the like. She studied in many different places around the globe, but most importantly, at the Illinois Institute of Technology.
1: Moving to New York City in 1941, Florence met Hans Knoll. After falling in love, they married in 1946, and Florence Knoll was hired into the company now named Knoll Associates.
0: 1953 was the year when these two timelines finally met. In 1953, the rights to the Barcelona chair were granted to Florence Knoll, close friends of Mies by this point due to their shared time at the Illinois Institute of Technology, which Mies designed. It is said that Mies had a great impact on the way that she designed, inspiring a rigorous and methodical lifestyle for Florence.
1: This story, however, didn't end in a happily ever after, with Hans Knoll passing away in a car crash in 1955, and Florence Knoll marrying Harry Hood Bassett in 1958, and changing her name to Florence Knoll Bassett.
0: By this point in the company, Florence commissioned Eero Saarinen, the son of Elil Saarinen, to create a furniture set for Knoll, including the famous womb chair and the tulip chairs staying in check with her origins as an architect and designer.
1: The Barcelona chair is a very fine piece of design work, featuring high-quality leather and polished chrome all set to a very specific angle. It was really no wonder that Mies van der believed these chairs to be fit for royalty when he first designed them. However, this aspect will be covered more in our second of four parts, where we will have a very deep dive into the material set at use.
0: The first question we had when looking at the Barcelona chair was, how has this changed from the original design in 1929?
1: We were able to get into contact with Benjamin Pardo, the head of Knoll's design team to help us answer questions about the Barcelona chair and the process of designing for Knoll.
0: Mr. Pardo began by explaining the history of the chair and explained a multitude of changes. Originally, the leather work on the front was done in a diamond pattern rather than the square pattern that one might see today from a new Barcelona chair.
1: I believe that these were quite notable design changes and as such, it intrigued me. How does Knoll actually maintain a nearly century old design and keep it true to the original? And does Mies actually approve of Knoll's design changes? I believe that Mr. Pardo says it the best from his experience in working on the design.
2: So in the 50s, we got together with um, Florence Knoll. She was interested in producing the chair and a couple of other pieces for Knoll. And she worked with Mies in order to scale the chair down slightly and also to... um, and also, to, they change the orientation for ease of manufacture uh, to be the more rectilinear form that you know today. So basically, to answer the question very specifically, after yeah. the work they did together, Knoll owns the rights to the Barcelona chair in the format that both Mies and Florence Grohl worked on in order for it to be a manufactured or production piece um, in the United States and internationally um, in the configuration that they put together as a team.
0: As we continued to talk to Mr. Pardo, his attention to detail was shocking, explaining the individual proportions of specific parts of the chair to such an extent that he himself might have designed it.
2: I guess the first thing that's very important about the chair is, is that proportionally the chair was worked through in such a way that um, if, if you think about the arcing of the legs, Um, Mm -hmm. The arc of the legs is all about a series of um, 75-centimeter circular forms, right? So the proportion was all based on um, 75 centimeters. Um, Mm -hmm. And so that's a very, in terms of the metal parts, and that's a very important aspect of what the chair is about.
1: Throughout talking to Mr. Pardo, his dedication to this project was admirable, and it was clear that, throughout the process, Noel and Mr. Pardo always wanted to respect Nice van der Rohe's legacy as a famous architect, to uphold and define the standards of the production for the chair that might not have existed before.
2: I think what also becomes very important about that is that, also understand that in developing those standards, those standards were thinking of the, of the Barcelona chair as a manufactured object, and as a manufactured object, it has a responsibility to be consistent, be profitable, be a lot of different kinds of things. Um, and that level of consistency and remanufacturability over and over again to a set of quality standards is really important.
0: From talking to our fellow podcast member, Caleb, the son of Knoll's CEO, he explained to us that although these standards remain high in producing all of these designs by the esteemed set of architects, their methods of accomplishing these are changing.
1: Knoll is adapting more and more technology to help the prototyping phase of the design process. Transitioning from paper designs, designers and architects can now also use digital tools to make their lives easier. From using new 3D printers to prototype new works and design changes to existing works, Knoll always strives to ensure quality for their customers, However, the question of what do these standards cost and what do they bring to the end user will be covered in our next parts of our miniseries.
0: The next step of the process is to source and transport the materials for production. Caleb helped me contact Dimitro Apollani, the president of Null Europe, and we got the chance to ask him about the materials that go into the chair.
1: The upholstery in Barcelona chair is made from 40 panels of leather and hand-sewn buttons, all made from a single cowhide. There are also 17 leather straps that serve as supports for the cushions. Dimitrio told us that these cushions are actually made from between four to five layers of different densities of foam. It's designed this way to make the chair as comfortable as possible.
0: The Barcelona chair isn't produced only in the States. It's also produced in Italy, where we've decided to focus our research. In the States, the frame is made from a single piece of stainless steel, polished to a mirror-like finish, of course. In Italy, however, the frame is composed of five separate pieces of chrome-plated steel from Interbeta, this doesn't mean that the chair produced in either country is worse in quality, though. In fact, Dimitriu said that Knoll's first priority when sourcing is quality, no matter where the product is being made.
1: To ensure the quality of the materials used at Knoll Italy, suppliers are treated not only as a resource but as partners. The companies working with Knoll are all certified and, most importantly, they have national contract agreements with their employees. Whenever Knoll sources a material, they form a strong relationship with their suppliers by making sure. They get what they deserve in return for their work and the quality of their products. Noel will often visit the supplier and track their progress for quality control, which means that they can see all the people working to harvest the raw materials.
0: Dimitri says that there's a huge responsibility to the brand, their value as null. so they need to heighten the quality of their products as much as they can. To him, one of the nicest things about the Barcelona chair is that even after much more than 30 years, it's still a new, high-quality product.
1: Sustainability at Knoll isn't necessarily about the materials themselves. The frames for the Barcelona chair are produced in excess, but the chair is more or less made to order, with only the more common color configurations made beforehand and kept in stock. When you visit the Knoll website, you're given a choice of three leathers, Volo, Aqua, or Sabrina, each with a different palette of possible colors. For $6,223, you receive a product that lasts through generations. While it's expensive, you get what you pay for.
0: The NOL website states that the Barcelona chair is certified cleaner gold. The standards that the product has to comply with in order to receive this certification are complex, but it's to be expected of the highest tier in the cleaner certifications. Most importantly, the standard takes into consideration the principles of green chemistry. According to the EPA, green chemistry is the design of chemical products and processes that reduce or eliminate the generation of hazardous substances. The Cleaner Gold certification promotes sustainable furniture design, which further shows how Knoll does keep sustainability at the top of its priorities.
1: Once the materials are sourced and harvested, it's time to transport the materials from Knoll's partners to the Knoll factory. The chrome plated steel comes from Interbeta, a metalwork company in Casto D'Azzano, Italy, which is near Verona. A quick look at Google Maps lets us know that to get it from Verona to Knoll's factory in Foligno via the A1E35 freeways, the drive is around four and a half hours and 414 kilometers.
0: Knoll's leather is sourced from Spineybeck, which supplies high-quality Italian leather. While Spinybeck originally partnered with a tanning facility in Italy's Leather Valley, the province of Vicenza called Arzignano, Spinybeck's global headquarters is now in North America. The leather is shipped from Buffalo, New York to Foligno, Italy. It's a 14-hour and 40-minute flight with a distance of 7,037 kilometers, so, to get the leather from Spiney Beck and the steel from Interbeta to know Italy, you would have to travel about 7,451 kilometers over the span of just under 20 hours. Once you get there, though, it's time for production.
1: Thank you for listening in to part one of two in our two-part miniseries on the Barcelona chair, designed by Mies van der Rohe. We hope that we were able to provide you with a deeper dive into the history, design, and sourcing of materials for such a high-end furniture product such as this.
0: Be sure to listen to part two of our mini series to hear about the manufacturing and retail of the Barcelona Tour.